The Carolina Panthers head west to Seattle on Sunday, hoping to avoid an 0-3 start. I'll provide my three keys to how they can do just that right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays through the rest of the regular season, I answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Game. Game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Carolina Panthers will head up to the PNW, the Pacific Northwest, to face off against the Seattle Seahawks at 4.05 Eastern Time on Sunday afternoon, hoping to avoid an 0-3 start, which would be pretty devastating considering the hype around this team heading into the season. Now the hype and the expectations, we'll talk more about that at the back end of the show on how people felt heading into it and how people honestly should feel moving towards the game on Sunday and even after that as Carolina Panthers have a tough stretch start the season where they were playing four of their first six games on the road and currently they're playing three of their next four on the road starting on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks coming off of an overtime victory against the Lions last Sunday and a team that of course went to the NFC playoffs last year and a team the last time the Panthers played them they went up there and they dominated physically in the trenches and kicked their tails. So hopefully that will be the case for the Carolina Panthers, but we'll talk about the expectations that the Panthers had coming into the season and what the fan expectations are right now, what they potentially could be and maybe should be moving forward after two disappointing losses against the Falcons and the Saints. And Andy Dalton, who spoke to the media on Thursday, came out and said, we beat ourselves in those two games. The Falcons game, absolutely. The Saints game, I feel less so, but if you talk about beating yourself, the Carolina Panthers should be no worse than one and one right now based off of how they looked compared to their opponents. I'm not impressed by Atlanta. I still think New Orleans is the class of the NFC South. We'll see how that all plays out as there's still 15 more games left to play, 16 more weeks left in the regular season of the 2023 NFL season. But let's go ahead and get into my three keys to victory heading into the game on Sunday against Seattle. Gave a couple of these, probably all three of them actually, when talking to Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks but more time to really elaborate and kind of dive deeper in some of the stats I looked at uh, before, uh, you know, recording this episode. So here are my three keys to victory for Sunday at Seattle. Number one, Carolina Panthers wide receivers need to get open. There was that whole graph that came out on Twitter on Wednesday, maybe it was Tuesday. I don't know what day it was, but earlier this week where it showed the amount of open throws and the amount of, you know, accuracy, you know, on throws so far this season, looking at all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Bryce Young so far through two weeks has received the least amount of open window throws in the NFL. But when he's gotten them, he has been the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. So if 
only the Panthers wide receivers could get some separation, maybe, just maybe, the Panthers might have a pretty doggone good passing offense. We will see whether that will be the case. I was watching QB School on YouTube. I think it's JT O'Sullivan who does the quarterback breakdowns really good, was breaking down Bryce Young's performance on Monday night against the Saints. And I came out of that game not blaming Bryce Young. I looked at it as he's not getting enough help. The receivers are not open. What are we expecting him to do? Yeah, got to hold, hold on to the football. You got to understand that these guys in the NFL are a lot faster than the dudes at Arkansas and Mississippi State. You got to get rid of the football. When you get out of the pocket, you can't take a sack. You can't cost your team points. All that we totally understand. And that's on Bryce. But everything before that, that's on the receivers not getting open. And time and time again, when looking at J.T. O'Sullivan's breakdown on QB school of that game on Monday night, the Panthers wide receivers repeatedly were not getting open. And the lack of speed that you saw was also concerning. Like Bryce had some pretty good throws, but there's a lot of times where he's getting to the back of the top of his drop back and there's nowhere to go. And what is that leading to? A sack oftentimes, and understand this, the Carolina Panthers so far through two weeks are allowing a pressure on 40% of the dropbacks when defenses don't blitz. So when defenses aren't blitzing, nearly half of the time they are getting pressure on Bryce Young. That's a problem. What would help be able to get the ball out sooner is if wide receivers were able to get separation. So that has to happen on Sunday afternoon, whether it's Bryce playing or Andy Dalton playing. We're going to get into it a little bit later here on the show. Bryce Young has missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I think we'll find out on Friday more definitively whether he'll actually play or not. Thomas Brown, the OC for Carolina, came out and said on on Thursday when speaking to the media that he does not think that Bryce Young has to play this week, as far as practice this week, rather. He doesn't have to practice this week where he could still play on Sunday. So we'll see whether that happens. Should get a more definitive answer when Frank Reich speaks to the media on Friday afternoon, but right now, there's questions on whether Bryce is going to play. Whether it's Bryce or Andy Dalton, it does not matter. The Carolina Panthers receivers need to do a better job getting open, and JTO Sullivan did break down as well in that QB school episode about the Monday night game against the Saints and Bryce Young's performance that the scheme probably doesn't help very much. There was one of the uh, routes that they had G- DJ Chark running where he thought it should more been more of a hook route in the middle in a zone scheme where had he done that, he's wide open. That's a first down. Panthers got first and goal. So the scheme can be better. The play calls, I know we talked about it. It's probably more so the scheme and understand that this offense was built by Thomas Brown and by Frank Reich. I think there's one time where JT had talked about he didn't really love the play call in that, that situation. That is still excusing the fact that The Panthers receivers are getting no separation. They need to get separation. The scheme could be better, absolutely. I'm not trying to absolve Frank Reich of any of the blame because these are the guys that he's coaching that they brought in. This is his scheme. But so far through two weeks, it has not worked out in large part because the wide receivers are not getting open. And this is a Seahawks secondary that hasn't been good. Like Jamal Adams, I don't think he's going to play on Sunday. Tariq Wilwin, who was excellent last year at corner as a rookie, he's probably not going to play on Sunday afternoon. The Panthers have an opportunity against a bad Seahawks passing defense. They're 30th in the league in passing yards allowed. They're 30th in yards per play allowed, period. And when you, you can look at the advanced analytics, but when you're really looking at just a basic stat, yards per play, offensively and defensively, that's something to really look at. And so far, the Seahawks are 30th in the league in yards per play allowed, playing against the Rams in week one in that home loss and then against the Lions in week two in that road in that road win. So two good offenses, I understand, but still third worst in the NFL when it comes to yards per play allowed. And then think about this too. 
on 55% of their opponent's drives, they have ended in scores. Whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, 55% of opponent's drives so far for the Seattle Seahawks have ended in scores. Second worst in the NFL. The Panthers are not playing a good defense on Sunday afternoon. They need to capitalize against a banged-up secondary and a defense that has shown really the inability to not give up chunk plays and to really stop teams from scoring on them. So this is a chance for the Panthers' offense to get right. Maybe you're playing a bad defense. doesn't really matter. Go out there, find some continuity, some consistency, and start executing because that has not happened so far through the first two weeks of the season. Number two, got to establish a run game. I was really confused by the lack of rushing attempts on uh, Monday night. I get that first down. They were behind the chains. They did not have great running attempts and didn't really get a lot what they wanted, uh, what they needed really to on first downs on Monday. I, I understand, but when your passing game is as bad as it's been, maybe try to be a little bit more dedicated to that. Week one, 32 rushing attempts for 154 yards. It's 4.8 yards per carry. Look at week two, 19 rushing attempts for a 100 yards, and that's 5.3 yards per carry. Now, you take away Bryce Young's 24-yard scramble on third down. It was really 18 attempts for 74 yards, 4.1 uh, yards per carry, which is still pretty good yards per carry-wise. But the Carolina Panthers need to be far more dedicated right now as this passing offense has struggled uh, trying to run the football. Chuba Hubbard had nine carries for 60 yards, looked really good week one. Week two, two carries for 16 yards, and those carries didn't come until the fourth quarter. Like That cannot be the case for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Now, Seattle was a bad rushing defense last year. We talked to Corbin Smith, blocked on Seahawks about it yesterday on crossover Thursday. Seahawks have been much better so far. Now, they're 13th in rushing yards allowed so far. When you look at yards per attempt, which I think is a little bit more important, they're ranked third in the NFL at 2.9 yards per attempt. So the Carolina Panthers need to be more dedicated, in my opinion, trying to run the football with Miles Sanders. Get Chuba Hubbard involved because he was not involved in the offense. It was weird. You look at two guys who I feel like should be more involved that really have not been as involved as I think based off how they've kind of performed and maybe look how the other guys have performed that they should have been. Chuba's one of them. LaVishka Chenault's another. Like, I know there's a Debo Samuels comparison. That's absurd. He's not anywhere near as good as Debo Samuel. Just wait until the offseason and look at the contract he's going to get. He's not going to get nearly the kind of money that's going to even have him as a number two receiver for whatever team in the NFL. But he's someone the Panthers should at least try to utilize and use his skill set. He had an eight-yard run on Monday. It was the only time they did it. He was heavily involved week one on an opening drive. You barely saw him the rest of the way. He can give you something, especially when you're not getting much out of the other receivers so far here in Carolina. So I would like to see, uh, of course, Chuba Hubbard more involved in the run game, but even get LaVishka Chenault out there. Try to mix things up. Maybe he can provide something for you. Uh, number three, get after Geno Smith, y'all. This is a passing attack that does concern me because DK Metcalf is a dude. Tyler Lockett has been a Panthers killer throughout his career. Uh, they got Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Barely played last year for the Buckeyes. But that Rose Bowl game when Alave and Garrett Wilson, uh, Wilson, right? Yeah, Garrett Wilson both sat out. He was insane. And that I thought, honestly, that season, he was the best Ohio State receiver. And you've gone and seen what Alave's done so far in his career, what Garrett Wilson did being the defensive, uh, the offensive um, Rookie of the year last year in the NFL. And I thought, looking at that Buckeyes team back in 21, that Smith and Jigba was the best of those three. So eventually, I think he's going to get to that level in the NFL. We will see. But he's someone that does concern me. And the Carolina Panthers are still, of course, down. Uh, J.C. Horn, he's on IR with that hamstring. We'll see if they get him back at all. C.J. Henderson, I thought, overall played well on Monday night. But there was that chunk play, just a great catch by Olave. I'm not placing that on C.J. Henderson. And then later on, you saw J.C. Horn give up that 45-yard catch to Shahid. Those two plays 
both resulted later on in touchdowns on that drive. The Panthers have to force the Seahawks to drive the football down on them with four or five, six-yard plays. Cannot allow those 40-plus-yard chunk plays, especially when they're not getting them themselves on offense. So they have to be able to get after Geno Smith and not allow him to sit back in the pocket and have time to throw the football. So far, the Panthers have been pretty damn good getting after the passer through the first two weeks. Four sacks week one, all coming in the first half. Then they kind of split it up last week on Monday night against the Saints with four more sacks. That's eight sacks through two weeks. That's top five in the NFL through two weeks of the season. It took them until week five last year to get to this total. So already encouraged by what they've been able to do. And it's not just one person either, y'all. It's not just Brian Burns. He has two of the eight sacks. But Frankie Louvu, who had seven last year, Already has two and a half, and he's going to be asked to do a lot now that Shaq Thompson is out for the season, likely. Brian Burns has two. Derek Brown has one. Got Kamu Grier Hill is going to step in there as a starting linebacker, most likely in place of Shaq. Probably going to rotate with Deion Jones, who they officially signed to the active roster on Wednesday. Justin Houston had a half a sack there on Monday night. Shai Tuttle had a half a sack week one. Ito Grossmanos also had a half a sack there on Monday. It's more than just Burns. Multiple guys are out there showing their ability after the passer. I've loved what I've seen from Ajero Averro in this new scheme as they've been able to heat up some of these guys. So far, the Seahawks, though, have only given up three sacks through two weeks. Again, the Panthers, four sacks week one, four sacks week two. Can they go ahead and just burst that total the Seahawks have given up so far through the first two weeks of the season? We will find out. So getting after Geno Smith. Forcing him to have to throw the ball quickly, not be able to get those downfield plays, establishing a run game, and of course, get open, please. The Panthers wide receivers need to find a way to get open. The Panthers coaching staff needs to find a way to scheme him open. Either way, execution. Someone needs to execute and allow Bryce Young, if he plays, or Andy Dalton, if he has to play, an opportunity to actually have a successful day through the air and to be able to establish some sort of consistency and effectiveness on offense for the Carolina Panthers as they face off against a Seahawks team on Sunday afternoon in Seattle. Speaking of Bryce Young, he missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday, calling into question whether he will play week one in Seattle. We'll talk about what that would mean for the Panthers, and we'll look back at Andy Dalton's career against Seattle Seahawks here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price so if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference snag the tickets without the stress of game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed do you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can grocery delivery that actually delivers, too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 
dollar value when you use code locked on nfl at checkout limited time offer terms apply that's 50 percent off to 20 dollars no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code locked on nfl don't forget that's code locked on nfl for 50 percent off your first order with doordash It wouldn't be another week of Carolina Panthers football if there wasn't another injury report out there listing an important player on the roster. The Carolina Panthers have already lost Brady Christensen for the season. Austin Corbett currently still on pup with that knee injury. Hopefully, we'll be back sooner rather than later. Shaq Thompson broke his leg on Monday night and is expected to miss the remainder of the season. J.C. Horn has a hamstring issue, had a procedure last week, potentially could come back, but not quite sure whether that will be the case. Next on the list, Bryce Young, who has an ankle problem that has caused him to miss practice on Wednesday and Thursday, now calling into doubt whether he will play on Sunday afternoon against the Seattle Seahawks there in Seattle. Frank Reich said on Wednesday that he was unsure whether Bryce Young would play. Thomas Brown also on Thursday when speaking to the media uh, didn't have much to say whether Bryce would play or not, but he did say that he would feel comfortable playing Bryce Young on Sunday, even if he does not practice at all this week. And the question was, hey, with the rookie, would you be concerned about him playing on Sunday? And he said, with that rookie... No, not concerned at all. So that pretty much speaks to how they have felt about Bryce Young from the very beginning and why he's even started the first two weeks of the season. Now, a little bit more clarity on when the injury occurred because Frank Reich did not know about that on Wednesday uh, when he spoke to the media. Uh, Thomas Brown said it occurred sometime in the first half. Bryce Young did not say anything uh, during the game, and Bryce Young also says that it did not impact his performance, and I kind of agree with him. When you look at the receivers getting no separation, I don't really know how that ankle would have hampered the fact that he got no help from the guys on the outside, and there's no talent out there and that is going to be a serious problem for the Carolina Panthers the rest of the season but it can get a little bit better because I do think that while they're not good they're better than what they've shown so far I hope I sincerely hope that is the case but only time will tell now Andy Dalton he spoke to the media on Thursday and once I saw that come out that kind of gave you a pretty good idea of how things are trending for the Panthers and whether Bryce will play I don't think Andy speaks to the media typically this is the schedule, y'all. On on like Sundays, the head coach, the quarterback are always at the podium. And sometimes you can bring somebody else up there if you want to. Like I remember that one time Justin Tucker missed a game-winning kick or whatever, and he's like, hey, like let me go up to the podium and explain why I miss it as if any of us have any idea like what goes into kicking and how he can explain to us how he missed the kick. Uh, but either way, you only see the quarterback and the head coach typically after games. On Monday, it's the head coach. Wednesdays, it's the head coach, it's the quarterback – and that's typically at the locker rooms open. Then on Thursdays, it's just the coordinators. So Chris Taylor, special teams coordinator, Gerald Vero, defensive coordinator, Thomas Brown, the thir- offensive coordinator, of course, uh, who does not call plays to much of the chagrin of a lot of Panther fans, apparently. And then on Friday, it's Frank Reich. So Thursdays, players don't speak, at least at the podium, to the media, especially the quarterback. The quarterback is supposed to speak on Wednesdays. So the fact that Andy Dalton is even speaking. And I appreciate the Panthers making him available. I love what this new PR staff has done by having more guys go up there and talk to the media during training camp and even throughout the season and get to the podium. But you typically don't see that happen. So the fact that Andy Dalton spoke to the media on Thursday kind of leads me to believe that he's going to be the one starting on Sunday afternoon against the Seahawks. Now, it's not ideal. And one of the things, too, that Thomas Brown had brought up when he was asked about, hey, what's the point? Why haven't you been able to get a lot of explosive plays downfield? He said a lack of practice time together has been a part of that. 
So looking at the first couple weeks of the season, you've had Terrace Marshall be limited. You've had uh, DJ Chark miss practice time. Adam Thielen's miss practice time. You've had now Bryce miss practice time. I just don't know how Bryce Young can get on the same page with Thielen if Thielen's not practicing and where Bryce is not practicing. Don't know how you can get on the same page with DJ Chark if Chark's not practicing and he's not practicing. Like That is a big part of why the offense has really struggled. And we're going to get to that here momentarily a bit more about the offensive struggles. But in large part, I've looked at, they've just have not been healthy. So if they're not healthy, they're not practicing in practice. I know Alan Averson told you practice doesn't matter, uh, but it does, especially in football. In basketball, when there's only five guys out there um, on, I mean, 10, but five on your side of the court, like, okay, maybe not as much. Uh, but football, it, yes, when there's all different personnels, multiple dudes coming in here, it's a little bit more complex of a game than yes. You do need to practice. It is important to be able to work on these things, especially when it's a new quarterback, a new scheme, new players. They need to be out there together. And so far, they just have not gotten nearly enough time. And Frank Reich had talked about, hey, we're going to have the the urgency in the preseason of, oh, we're going to have to play against two divisional opponents. And honestly, didn't really feel like they, they we saw enough of it as far as the first team. Barely saw them week one uh, against the Jets where they looked terrible. Bar- didn't really see them that much against the Giants. Like They had four drives there. And then, you know, we saw them for the majority of the first half against the Lions, second teamers, and DJ Chark didn't play. And LaVishka Schnault didn't play either. So that's one of the things where you look at, they just have not been healthy. So for the Panthers, it's not great that Bryce is not out there. I don't look at this as, okay, it's going to be, this is, oh, this is Bryce Young being injury prone. Like This would be the second time he's ever missed a game since going to college, where he missed one game last year because of an injury where he fell on his shoulder wrong and then came back and lit up Tennessee in an all-timer uh, Neyland Stadium a year ago. This one, don't really know how it occurred. It happened the first half. He played through it, and it does not appear to be like a significant injury where he's going to be on IR and miss time. At least that's not what they've led us to believe so far. So we'll see. But Andy Dalton... His experience is the reason why the Carolina Panthers brought him here, and this is the reason. If Bryce went down, Bryce isn't ready, they could bring in an experienced player who could hopefully keep things afloat and help them win football games. And in the past, when he's played Seattle, Andy Dalton's played pretty well through for his career. Four times he's faced against Seattle Seahawks, played him last year, uh, but he's had 66.8% completion percentage. He's thrown for 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 90.3 rating. Two of those interceptions came in his rookie year in 2011 when they faced off against Seahawks where he threw two picks, two touchdowns. And 2015 as a starter for the Bengals, 30-44, 331 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Week one back in 2019 lit them up for 35-51, 418 yards, two touchdowns. And last year he was 16-24, 187 yards, touchdown, interception, and a Saints win there against Seattle Seahawks. So Corbin brought that up yesterday. I guess Andy Dalton's been a Seahawks killer. If Andy Dalton has to play, the coaching staff, of course, is going to tell you that plenty of confidence in him. Uh, but looking at history, you probably should have confidence in Andy Dalton. He's been here throughout the entirety of the offseason. He knows the playbook. He, he knows how to operate. So I think they'll probably be fine with Andy Dalton on Sunday and will have a chance to win as long as some of the other things I talked about earlier in the show actually come to fruition. But the hope is, of course, that Bryce Young is out there because Bryce needs to be playing. And I know there's probably a conspiracy theory out there. It's like, oh, maybe this is the coaching staff just trying to hold Bryce back because he looks rattled. I haven't looked at Bryce looking rattled. Only thing I've seen is that he has not had a chance because the guys on the outside aren't getting open. He still seems to be just as calm as ever, maybe a little bit too calm <laughs> as far as like, hey, get the ball out of your hands when you're out of the pocket and kind of getting towards the sideline. 
I have not looked at a rattled Bryce Young at all. So I don't think that's the case. Um, but I'm sure that's probably floating around Panthers Twitter that, oh, the coaching staff's pulling back Bryce because he's not what they thought he was. I still think he is. And when you look at what I talked about earlier, that graph about open windows and accuracy hasn't gotten to windows. But when he has, he's been deadly accurate. That's exactly what we're looking for. And maybe is he as ready for the NFL as a lot of people um, talk about he would be? Maybe not. But again, the personnel is just not there, and that is a large part of rookie development and just the development of a quarterback. You cannot put everything on your rookie quarterback. Like in four or five years, hoping that Bryce is still here and he's developed, then yeah, you, you put a lot more on him. But right now, what's around him really should be helping to carry him and lift him up, and that's just not the case here in Carolina. So whether Bryce plays or Andy plays, a lot of things need to change offensively with the skill positions and the, how they execute – for the Panthers to have any sort of success on offense on Sunday in Seattle. Now, there's a lot of people who are upset about the 0-2 start, and rightfully so. You get excited about football season, and then you get kicked into groin the first two weeks. I totally get it. I do think a lot of it's over the top, but I understand your frustration. And we'll get into how y'all should feel. I mean, not how you should feel, but I mean how I feel about the 0-2 start and how things may not be as bad as a lot of people feel they are right now. So we'll talk about it here in just a moment. On Locked On Panthers. Make sure to head over to Prize Picks this weekend, the best place for daily fantasy sports in the USA. Prize Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on a projected stats, and place your entry. Test your skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. It takes no time at all. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. The Carolina Panthers are off to an 0-2 start. And as I know, and as you know, that is not what anyone wanted. There was a ton of hype coming into the season, rightfully so. You've sat for the last couple of years, you've watched Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, Teddy Bridgewater, just uninspiring quarterback play. Finally, the Carolina Panthers stopped chasing after reclamation projects as failed first-rounders and decided to go out there and get their own guy. Now, they paid a heavy price, and we're seeing by letting DJ Moore go, that is impacting the way the offense has performed so far as the wide receiver talent on the outside is just not good enough. At least has not been good enough so far through the first two weeks of the season, and I think in totality, it's just not good enough right now. But it's only year one. It's only two weeks. The Panthers will have time to fix it. And Lewis Riddick said on Monday night about how this is really a 36-month window. And no one wants to hear that after you've watched Kim Newton fall apart before your eyes. You've sold your soul to believe in Kyle Allen for a couple of weeks. You watch Heineke. You've had Teddy Bridgewater and the aforementioned quarterbacks from the Matt Rule era. I understand. Like, no one wants to hear that. You're ready to win now. You had a team that could have been a playoff team in 2018, but everything fell apart. If Cam's healthy in 19, I think that's a playoff team as well, even though the defense didn't look great through the entirety of the season. But it's not like the offense was great and way too many turnovers from the quarterback position that year. You have been sold a team that could be better. I understand. The coaching staff, 
bringing Frank Reich, the experience, complete 180 from what you saw the last couple seasons with Matt Rule and his college coaching staff that came here and failed spectacularly in the NFL. So thinking, new head coach, all these years of experience in the NFL, a modern system, a new quarterback, defensive scheme, and all of that, you're feeling, okay, this team won seven games last year, bad division, they can have a chance. But also, when we talk about in the offseason, and I asked you all about expectations, and I got, you know, a, a various, you know, um, variety of what, what people thought. I saw that there was people who thought seven wins. Like, yeah, I saw nine, I saw 10, I, settled, I saw 11, which I thought was insane uh, that people were thinking double-digit wins this year just with all the changes. But a lot of the talk about, hey, can they continue in division was just because the NFC is South is bad. So far through two weeks, there's three 2-0 teams and there's one 0-2 team. Unfortunately, the one 0-2 team is here in Carolina. I never felt like that was a great reason to say the Panthers could contend is that the division is bad. You're not saying based off of their own merit they should be able to contend. You're saying because of what's around them that they should contend. You're not saying because, oh, well, hey, the quarterback play is going to be great, that they have this and that, that they're going to contend. It was just, oh, the division's bad. And I've heard that be used so many times by people out there without really looking internally and seeing that there were some obvious issues that have now played out. Like, I don't think it's a shock that they're 0-2. I had said a couple times here on the show and doing Crossover Thursday that I felt like going into the year that I was giving the Panthers like a 50% chance to go 1-1, one one, then 45% chance to go 0-2, and, and then like 5% chance to go 2-0. Like, I never thought they were going to win their first two games. There's just way too many questions. And I told y'all on that Friday episode a couple weeks ago, heading into that Falcons game, that I had no idea what to expect from this team because we just had not seen enough of the offense. And then when we saw them – they didn't look great. And then defensively, hadn't seen Brian Burns, hadn't seen Justin Houston. So it was hard to really know what to expect defensively. So far defensively, they've honestly played better than my expectations. Like the way they're playing right now is how I felt like they'd be playing, you know, in like six or seven weeks time. But no, they're already playing spectacularly well. Offensively, it's been worse than I thought it would be. Like I did think that with a rookie quarterback, who I do not think has been a problem at all. Bryce Young has not been the problem, but new receivers. And let's be honest, guys. Uh, would you draft any of these guys on fantasy? Uh, maybe you did. Uh, but when looking at your fantasy teams, are these guys your first choices? Like, are you starting any of these dudes? Like, as your wide receiver one or two or your flex? Like, probably not. So, if th- you're not going to play on fantasy. How the hell the Carolina – and I know fantasy football is completely different, but still, you understand the point I'm trying to make. If you wouldn't, on your own fantasy team, where you have money on it, want to have these guys as, like, your number one, number two, number three wide receiver, why the hell would the Carolina Panthers want to have them and expect to have a lot of success with them? So, that's just a question that I have. And I feel like the wide receivers was going to take some time. New scheme, new quarterback, all of that. All that pointed to a slow start for the Carolina Panthers, and the start has been slow. It's not shocking – if you really looked inside and kind of evaluated what the Panthers had. And then when you add in the injuries on the offensive line to Austin Corbett, who we knew wouldn't be ready to go, but now Brady Christensen, that's exasperated things. As you look at Chandler Zavala having a sub-40 PFF grade, Cade Mays and Calvin Throckmorton being a sub-50 PFF grade, the guard spots are concerning. And the fact that they've given up 40% of pressures on downs where they haven't even been blitzed that's also a problem, and then most of that's coming from the interior. So the Carolina Panthers' offensive line injuries are impacting them. The inability to get separation from the wide receivers is impacting them, and also health is impacting the team. So once they get healthier on the offensive line and get more experience as well, and once the receivers have more time in this offense and stay healthy and Bryce gets healthy, 
I think things are going to look better. And I've said this too. Looking at the first six weeks, it's a tough start. And that's in part why I believe that it would be a little bit slow for the Panthers. The schedule having to play two divisional games, um, one on the road, but then four of your four, four, four of your first six on the road, now three of your next four on the road, that's tough for what's still a young team as far as offensively is trying to piece things together. It's tough to try and figure all that out when you're playing in road environments. And that's what the Panthers have to face when they're going to face a pretty ruckus crowd in Seattle on Sunday afternoon. That's probably not happy that they lost a week one game against the team that they hate in the Los Angeles Rams. Two and four, that would be ideal. And I felt like that would always be ideal when you look at what comes after the bye. If you can survive at Seattle and against Minnesota at home and at Detroit and at Miami in some way find a way to split the next four, then you have a chance to start gaining a little bit more momentum off of the bye. You have Houston at home. You got Indianapolis at home. You have at Chicago on a Thursday night. Houston, same situation as the Panthers have. Not a lot of great receivers outside there. They have young quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson, same case. Not a lot of great receivers so far. And in Chicago, they've looked pretty bad. And I don't know if Justin Fields is the answer there long term for the Bears. So the Panthers, if they can just hold on and get to two and four, have the bye, get healthy, gain some sort of momentum on offense, the schedule is a lot more favorable in the games that follow after the bye against Houston and at home and then at Chicago. Like, this team has a chance, if they can hold on, split the next four, to be above 500 once you get to, what would it be, week 7, 8, 9, 10, after week 10, going into week 11. They have a chance to be sitting there at maybe 5-4. and four. Worse, maybe 4-5. and five. And if you're 5-4 and four, after the way that things have started off, you kind of feel good about it. And we'll see how the rest of the division plays out because I still don't think the Bucs are all that great. I'm not a huge believer in the Falcons. I still think the Saints are probably the class of the division. We'll see how things play out. You just got to give yourself a chance. So I don't think it's time to, like, bury this team. It's like, oh, the season's over way too early. I had someone tweet at me be like, oh, looks like the local farmer's market should be more uh, packed on Sunday, Julian. Like, no, 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 no. I'm the one who decides when it's farmer's market season when the Panthers are bad. It ain't farmer's market season just yet. No, we're not getting there. I know fall starts on Saturday technically, but we're not there yet. It's going to be a while before I get there and tell you, hey, farmer's market season. Right now, I think the Panthers have a chance to win on Sunday. Would not be surprised if they find a way to win with or without Bryce Young. I do think the Seattle is a team that could be had. It's a team that you beat up on last year, and it's a team that is going to struggle to make the playoffs again this season. So the Panthers can win that football game. They can beat the Vikings. I don't know if they can beat Miami. They can probably beat Detroit. So they can win some of these games before the bye week occurs. And once it occurs, they get a little bit healthier, get more time together. Then it really opens up for them for the next three weeks before Dallas and then Tennessee where it's going to get a little bit easier for the Panthers. So if they can just stay afloat for the first six weeks, then they can have a chance to kind of level things and get back close to 500 and then try to make a little bit of noise in the second half of the season. You just got to be a little bit patient, give it some time, and of course, they got to execute and get it done themselves. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, host by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesday of next week, I'll be back again to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Sunday about an hour following the Carolina Panthers. Fingers crossed. Win 
against the Seattle Seahawks.